to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Sunday and welcome back to the Embodied Podcast and welcome to 2022. I hope all of you guys had a happy holiday season in whatever form that looked like for you and where you're at at the moment. If you are loving what you're hearing on this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you slid over to iTunes, dropped a five-star rating, a written review. Just let me know what you're loving about the show in 2022. My intention is to grow down with you guys deeper into this relationship with Psyche. So if you're loving what you're hearing, I would really appreciate those ratings and reviews or share it with somebody who would be interested in these types of conversations that we're having together. So a little bit of housekeeping before we dive into the first episode of 2022. This is the last week to register for my upcoming Born to Heal course that launches next week, January 10th. Our first group call is January 17th, so there is a little bit of time. But Born to Heal is my 12-week signature group program for women And this course is for women who are looking to acknowledge any soul wounds and develop a rich relationship with the interior spaces of psyche. And we're doing that by reaching into the somatic experience, into the imaginal realm to provoke the soul's movement. You know, the goal of this course is to normalize the sufferings of being a human and get into a deeper understanding of the necessity of what we're going through at the moment and when we can do that we become in greater relationship to the grand myth that is our life that is unfolding and so if you are a lady who is interested in joining us you can find all of that information in the show notes the other offer that i have launching this coming week is the Transformation Collective with my best friends Jessica DePozzi and Jennifer McMasters. If you haven't heard the podcasts that I've done with them, please go back and listen to them. They're incredible. They're intelligent. They're soulful. They're so wise and I really value who they are as humans and, and the work that they're doing in the world. And so we have come together to create a collaborative collective program. It's not a course. Um, So each month you'll get three different lectures live from Jessica, Jen, and myself. And we are mapping our lectures based on the astrological energy of that season. So in January, we're going to be focusing on the Capricorn energy that is pulsing through the cosmos. And so each of our lectures are going to be based upon those cosmological energies that are moving through. And so we take an archetypal perspective on the way that we are lecturing to offer not only a live space to ask questions, to create dialogue, but really a space to cultivate 
conversation, hard conversation about what it is to be here at this moment in time in history. And right now there is a deep call for collective engagement and collective conversation so that we can continue to evolve humankind in a way that is inclusive of the soul. So that is all year long. You can enroll at any time. Um, Jessica's first lecture is next week, but this week we are offering a free meet and greet with Jess, Jen, and I, and you can join the free Transformation Collective community to, to join us this Tuesday, January 4th, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So look forward to seeing you guys there and in the Transformation Collective community. There is a free community and then there's a paid community, so you can check those out. So getting into today's podcast. So on my story on Instagram, it was the last story I posted of 2021. It was some reflections that I had about just being in that social media space towards the last day of the year and this this flooding of energy around reflection and taking stock of how the year had gone for people and it was interesting to see how prominent it was on different people's stories and pages that they were sharing the ups and the downs of 2021 or the goods and the bads or the wins and the losses and it's interesting how that creates a stark duality in the way that we reflect on the past year because we live in a very dualistic culture where things are black or white what happens is we tend to put those into a hierarchy where they're stacked where the goods are above the bads and the and the ups are above the downs and what that creates is a value judgment based on what the year has been what i notice about that is that that type of hierarchical value judgment in a reflection is great if you are looking to always be better and to always succeed and improve. That works well in our society because we do have a culture that is very heroically minded where things are hierarchically ranked and the hero's job is to take stock of the bad, cut it out, and then aim for the good. And while this works well in certain periods of time in our life, I feel like it isn't necessarily inclusive of the darker times that we all inherently experience here as a human. We are in a period of time where I feel like we are being called to look at that and to check that a little bit because we've noticed over the past few years in particular the darkness has been amplified and we have to ask like why why is that well perhaps because we've lived our life in a way where we're not including 
the darkness as a part of the totality of the whole experience. And the more we hierarchically rank the good, aim for the light, and try to move away from the darkness without gathering the wisdom of the darkness, what that does, I think, is it creates this vacuum in the darkness, in the lower realms, that will continue to amplify until we start to change our way of seeing what it means to be a human and you know that's that's a really big existential question what does it mean to be human but there is something akin to meeting the totality of what is where it's at without putting a value judgment on it so that we can create a capacity to be with what is You know, we see this in our lives when something quote-unquote bad happens or dark happens and we're very quick to want to get out of that place, especially around the new year. Something tragic happens, a death, a loss, a heartbreak, a natural disaster, something happens And we are in a rush to get out of it. That is an expression of not having the capacity to tolerate darkness as part of the whole. And that's not saying that we spend our whole lives just kind of waiting in darkness. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is we have to look around and see what this darkness has to tell us and we have to become changed by it we have and that's that is cultivating wisdom from the past if we are in a rush to get out of darkness for whatever reason we just only have knowledge that that experience has happened and knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing Wisdom has this deeper essence about it, a deeper type of knowing that that you are changed in the process of inheriting wisdom. You don't necessarily have to be changed in the process of gaining knowledge. And I feel like that's the difference in living your life in a way that is constantly trying to escape out of the bads and the darks and the lows into this place of light and highs and goods. Without that spectrum, we don't have the totality of life. To me, I see that kind of light and dark existing on a spectrum, something akin to like a UV spectrum. But instead, what we've done is we've put value judgments and morality onto this spectrum. And the spectrum, instead of lying on a horizontal spectrum, it moves into this vertical hierarchy. And we're always aiming up. I mean, this is so deeply ingrained into our psyches because of the type of religions to put them onto a spectrum helps us 
I feel like it helps us navigate what it's like to be here on the human plane. Because if we're always aiming up and trying to ascend into goodness, into light, out of what is inherent about the human existence is that there is sadness, darkness, tragedy, heartbreak. There's all those things here. And so if we're always trying to like fly out of that, we're kind of missing what it means to be here. And that doesn't mean that we can't be in relationship to the divine as we navigate that spectrum because in the depth psychological space if we put that spectrum horizontally psyche is the thing that can navigate that spectrum soul and that in that soul we can find the essence of the divine as well this came up because i was writing a paper for my phd program this paper i I named it process rather than hierarchy And in this paper, I am using the, using a few dreams that I had with a black and white serpent. Um, I had the black serpent dream at the beginning of last year, and then a white serpent dream about in the middle of last year. And so I wanted to use those different images to offer forward perhaps a a psychological map of navigating this spectrum of black and white, um, light and dark. And so I will read the introduction to this paper and um, it might not make any sense to any of you out there, but for those of you who are following me still and are are deeply interested in what I'm talking about, this can give us a different way to to see. I'll read the introduction and the conclusion and then you guys can kind of just take that and do what you will with it. Leave the rest. So I start by saying black and white are the colors that we will be working with in this symbolic alchemical vase of the essay. So in alchemy, the Voss is the, the thing that holds and contains the transformations that are happening in the alchemical process. So these colors are significant as they are contrasted in Western culture as stark dualities which cast weighty shadows throughout history. Instead of the differences in color lying on a horizontal spectrum, Morality has been imposed on these differences. This transitions what once existed on a horizontal or circular axis and has turned it into a vertical hierarchy where white is the ideal and is ranked higher than black. This implies a value judgment on the differences. When the polarity between black and white become part of a moral substructure, white is prioritized and hierarchically valued as pure, and black becomes demoted to associations of evil, hell, and the underworld. We see the concretization of this morality-influenced mindset in the ways that most modern individuals tend to think in black and white terms, this or that, good or bad, right or wrong. 
And another prominent example of the concretization is seen in the projection onto actual humans, seen in this massive racial divide that is still prominent today. Hillman said that black then is defined as not white and is deprived of all of the virtues attributed to white. The contrast becomes opposition, even contradiction, as if day would be defined as not night. I go on to say that only in a culture that cannot see through these concretizations and divides, we continue to reduce the colors to neurobiological abstractions and we miss the deep potency of what is being offered to the psyche. Hillman said that on one hand, colors do have to do with light and reflection and optics and nerves. But on the other, they, they have something to do with the world itself. Colors present the world's phenomenal actuality in the way that the world shows itself as operational agents in the world. Colors are primary formative principles. And whilst this radical, contradictory, dualistic division exists, there are spaces where black and white do not sit so oppositional to each other. They sit in relation to each other. Take, for example, the symbolism of the black as yin and the white as yang in Taoism, or the gunas in Hindu cosmology, with black as tamas and white as sattva. And finally, in alchemy, the blackness as negredo and the whiteness as albedo. These are all examples of how these colors can exist without concretized, rigid edges. And my attempt in this paper is to use my own engagement with psychic images via dreams and active imagination with a black and white serpent to soften the lines between blackness and whiteness and offer forward a perspective of process rather than a final landing spot crucified between the opposites. To hold this transmutation from dualistic black and white into an inclusive polychromatic representation of psyche, I will primarily use alchemy as to symbolize the psychological process and my own engagement with black and white in the imaginal. So what I'm offering forward in this paper is basically what I've asserted thus far on the podcast is that when we look at things as black and white and good or bad or right or wrong, it creates this stark contrast between the human experience. And when we create a value judgment on that and we push morality onto that, then we basically try to exclude everything that is dark. And what I'm offering here is that there is a way that we can be in relationship to these different experiences of human without creating a value judgment on what is. Because if we do that, then we, we often miss the wisdom that is in the present moment. And that takes practice and that takes work on ourselves to create the ability to be with what is before we jump and try to change it. So I will go on and read another part of the paper. So if one is looking to concretize the colors of black and white onto things or onto people or turn them into mere concepts, 
I intuit this is an indication of an unconscious disconnection from the soul. These colors, although different, are images of the soul that don't need confirmation or validation from the external world to be considered valid. Hillman said that the soul's life is not upheld as correct by the virtue of exteriority. It is the concretization of these images into concepts where we begin to need the outer world to be a mirror for us, an actuality that keeps us disconnected from the mythopoetic nature within the soul. This is where black stagnates into rigid opposition to white, mind to body, and this to that. In alchemy, psychology and material are the same. They are bridged together by metaphor. Hillman said that every alchemical phenomenon is both a material and psychological at the same time. The alchemists truly believe that the transformations within the alchemical vessel were transformations happening within the soul. Hillman said that after all, is alchemy not a prolonged witness to madmen at work upon themselves? Perhaps the essential invitation for the individual, especially one interested in depth psychology, is the courage to develop the alchemical eye that sees the necessity in this madness as part of the process. This involves a conscious surrender into the alchemical process with all of its blackness, including its perceivably inert pathologies, as well as its whiteness, the whiteness that silvers the soul in order to prepare the individual to perceive differently. When the contrast of black and white is pulled down from its vertical hierarchy, the essence of the mythopoetic psyche can be amplified. Gold was the ultimate aim for the alchemist, and that cannot be achieved without the confrontation of blackness and whiteness. Without both, there is no conscious connection to the mythopoetic imagination. There is no metaphor, no reflective or receptive capacity, and no space for the alchemical transformation process to evolve. Taking an alchemical eye to blackness and whiteness forces the metaphor upon us. The goal is to not rid ourselves of concepts in appropriate contexts, but to be aware of how the psyche can unconsciously stagnate and rigidify underneath them. Be aware of how the ego can grasp and cling onto one side of whiteness while unconsciously depreciating the blackness. Instead of causing this by the work that we do on the psyche, Rather, we could allow the metaphors and the images to work on us. Then, perhaps, we begin to live a life as if we are the alchemists who are becoming changed by both the blackness and the whiteness in the process. And that's really my invitation moving into 2022. But really what I'm saying here is that sometimes, even when we're doing deep work on ourselves, we have this intention that we need to move out of the dark spaces, move out of the low spaces, move out of the quote-unquote bad spaces. It's only bad in relationship to the ego. And so we need to create a better relationship to what is because then we can take what what once was perceivably bad and see through that and gain the wisdom of the experience. And that is not to diminish how traumatic and tragic life can be sometimes for actually a lot of people but as we're moving into almost the second or third year I don't even know of this pandemic it would be great 
if we could have more individuals who could collectively see through the darkness and find the wisdom there so that we can meet each other in a place of greater understanding, deeper love and connection for one another whilst things are dark, whilst things are gritty, whilst the light isn't shining brightly. This is what I feel like we're being called to do is to learn how to hold this darkness and so that we can be in greater relationship to both the light and the dark. And when we can do that and pull that hierarchy down into the spectrum, then we can be in greater flow with what life is handing us. We can meet the present moment exactly where it is We can feel our way through that and we can gather and inherit the wisdom of that moment so that we can navigate life with that slow, steady, alchemical eye that is inclusive of the good and the bad and the right and the wrong and the highs and the lows and the dark and the light. And so we're really trying to change In that process, we are spontaneously changed by it. We like to convince ourselves and we like to fall for the illusion that we have complete control over our lives. If we just put the proper XYZ in place, then we will move out of our lower times and our darker times into a place of fulfillment and light. And while that may be partially true that is not fully true because that is very inflated and grandiose to think that we have total control over this life and so my invitation is to humble ourselves and to realize that while we do have some control of the way that we structure and order our lives life is going to happen to us and in that process it would be nice to be changed by it to let the present moment change us and be flexible enough to gather wisdom in that process if you guys have any questions about the upcoming offerings that i mentioned at the beginning my born to heal course starting on january 17th or the Transformation Collective, you can hit me up um, and we can chat about that. But the link for both of those offers will be in the show notes. So with that being said, I hope you guys have an amazing first week of the year and we will chat on Thursday. Bye guys.